you're going to change your mind. He's not going to change his mind. Ultimately, what happened is um, I had one disciple at that time. Remember, I was on my church. I'm in between. Um, and, um, and I said to my one disciple, God said I must buy a tent. And he said, Pastor, I'll give you the first 50,000 rand. Now, that's not worth a lot of money. So ultimately, I bought a tent that seats 3,500 people. So I said to the Lord, um, I'm trying to sell this book now. I mean, I need to sell 10 books tonight, so I'm telling you the story. You know? No, no. If you don't buy the book, it's fine with me. Um, uh, and uh, so I bought the tent, and I said, Lord, what about the sound and the truck? And the Lord said to me, I never told you to buy that. Just buy the tent. Well, that was a tough one to believe. The tent went up a few times. And um, so I bought the tent. Remember, I resigned my church. Uh, I told the whole denomination that I came from that God spoke to me. I'm on my way to the nations. So now it's me and God and the promise. And he doesn't make sense. So when I bought the tent, what happened is a rumor went through South Africa. Andre van Sale, who resigned one of our churches, just bought a tent. He bought a tent, how big? 3,500 seats. That story started to spread through the nation, and all of a sudden, my phone started ringing. Everybody wants me to come and do meetings. You bought a tent. And the moment they heard that I bought a 3,500 seater, in their mind, the Holy Spirit painted the picture of what a mighty man of God I am. And three, four years later, the Lord said to me, you can now sell the tent. Mission completed. And I sold the tent, and I have never stopped preaching since that day. God will not always make sense, but you can trust him. So buy the book, I need money. Uh, sorry, that was not, I was not supposed to say that either. Uh, uh, I, my, uh, sorry, guys, my humor is the only thing that is not saved yet. Pastor, you said you can trust me to the pulpit. I just want to tell you now, my humor is not, not safe. So I hope you allow me to preach tomorrow night. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Amen. I'm going to call Delta and get an early flight out of here tomorrow morning. Okay. I want you to turn with me to 2 Kings uh, chapter 4. Church, I love the Lord. I love good humor. I love to be relaxed in the presence of the Lord. I've learned one thing, God is not religious, and uh, you can act very religious, you're not going to impress him, uh, <laughs> he's a straight shooter, and um, 2 Kings chapter 4, it says there in verse 8, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a great, uh, a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food, and so it was, he would turn in there, and eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know. Those are strong words. I know. I know this is. Not I know, I think it is, or maybe it is. I know this is. A holy man of God passing by us regularly. And then she said in verse 10, let us make a small upper room 
on the wall and let us put a bed for him there, a table, a chair, a lampstand, so that whenever he comes here, he can turn in. He can turn in. You know, today we live in a day where churches settle for pass-by services, just a pass-by meeting. It's quick, it's over, one hour, it's gone, it's done. The church does not do turn-in meetings again. If God turn into this church tonight or come here to a standstill, you will not leave soon. So here we have a woman, the Bible says, Elisha passed by that home quite often. And he always ate a meal. She always gave him a good plate of food. But then she came to the conclusion and she said to her husband, there's something about this man. Elisha was a prophet. Uh, he represents the creative word of God. But I want to use Elisha also as a type of the Holy Spirit. He's passing by this home. And this woman watched him and she realized this man carries more than what I can absorb in one meal. I want more. How many of you want more? And um, she said to her husband, uh, I know. I know this is. I know this is what this is, a holy man of God. Can you see her conviction? When you see the true anointing, you will know that you know that you know you've just, you just saw it. When you see a true move of God, you will know. Nobody will need to convince you. Come on. And we need meetings again where people will walk out of it and say, Now I know and I know and I know and no devil out of hell will ever convince me different. So she was that kind of woman. Now, um, she saw that and she said to her husband, please let us. You see, when you see the true anointing, when you see a true manifestation of God, the first thing that happened is you will make adjustments on your side. When you see holiness, it will adjust you. You cannot adjust God. You cannot change God. God changes you. Come on. And she said, let us make a small upper room. So now what she's saying to her husband is, we will have to do something different, something special in order to get this kind of prophet to come into our home and stay here for one night. She was trying to figure out how can we get what he carries and she realized it's going to take more than a meal. It's going to take more than a glimpse. It's going to take more than just a Sunday morning service. Come on, sorry. Tell those people that are not here I said that, but I hope they will still believe that I'm a good guy. Let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed, a table, a chair, a lampstand. So what she's saying is, let us furnish the room. If you want to bless God, bless Him good. Don't give Him a room and it's empty. She spoke about the furniture pieces and every furniture piece actually carries certain revelation knowledge. There's revelation knowledge to the table, the chair, the lampstand. Uh, but Elisha used the bed. And the bed is the one furniture piece that speaks of rest. And we must have meetings again where the Holy Spirit can come to rest. 
Come on. Don't give the Holy Spirit a hard share. Make it easy for the Holy Spirit to stay longer. So she said to her husband, we'll have to, we'll have to do this so that he can turn in here. What she was saying to her husband is, we've seen enough of this anointing pass by. We cannot allow, you see church, we cannot have, if you want the Holy Spirit, it's not going to happen in a pass by service. Come on. Three drops of water on your forehead is not going to help. Come on. We need more than smoke machines, more than an, an eight o'clock service and leave by nine o'clock. Come on. The modern day church, they don't have time for the Holy Ghost. And God is saying, okay, I'm just passing by. Because that's all you want. Now listen to this church. She spoke to her husband, so he was the guy that had the money. This woman was a wealthy woman. She had money. She, um, she had money. But the other truth about this woman, this couple, is that they had no children. And, um, and not having children, uh, and I want to use the woman as a top of the church, because many times in the Bible, the, a woman is a top of the church. So we have the prophet, the creative word of God, Elisha. We have a notable woman, a wealthy church right here. But the Bible also teaches us that they had no children. Now, the greatest honor in the Old Testament was to have a son. The word son means ministry. The word son also means carrier of future generations. Unfortunately, it was a greater honor in the Old Testament to have a son than a daughter. Well, we thank God it's not the, that case anymore. So here we have, the word son means ministry. So here we have a wealthy church that has a lot of money, but there's no ministry. Here we have a wealthy church that will never touch future generations. My question is, what is the purpose of having money but you never make a dent into the kingdom of darkness. So she invited Elisha in, verse 11 says, and it happened one day. Everybody say, it happened. How many of you want things to happen? How many of you heard about people and things happen in their lives? How many of you learned that sometimes to make things happen, You'll have to do something yourself to make it happen. Come on. God is not going to bless laziness. God is not going to bless people that is not creative. She became creative. She built a room. And immediately she gave Elisha a reason that if he's, if he's tired at any point, he's going to use her room. And the Bible says, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room. Oh, I love the word upper room. Upper room. We need to build an upper room. Now, I, you heard me talk a little bit about the upper room. We've started upper room conferences years ago. We have another one in October. It's a huge movement. I cannot go into it now. But it's all about the presence of God. Prophetic. We prophesy. We lay hands on people. We prophesy. We do worship. And it ends up in a Holy Ghost chaotic service where God just 
do incredible things and I have great leaders already coming in. She built him an upper room and uh, the Bible says, and he lay down there. So now we have the creative word of God in a restful position. We have a prophet who did 32 uh, incredible miracles. We have the creative word of God on a bed which speaks of rest. And uh, verse 12 says, And Elisha, while he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. Now we have Elisha on the bed, and uh, he's very peaceful and restful, and he's looking at all the furniture pieces, not Walmart furniture. You give God the best. Come on. I thank God for Walmart, but please buy something better that doesn't fall apart. Amen. So, so uh, call this Shunammite woman. Very interesting that Elisha did not say call the one who gave the money. Call her husband. The Holy Spirit know where the initiative comes from. The Holy Spirit knows your heart. He knows the intention of your heart. And he realized, and Elijah realized, it's not her husband, it's her. She's the one who initiated that. Come on, church. I pray that the Holy Spirit will pick up that you're the one. Come on. Everybody say, Lord, help me. That I will be the one that will initiate something. Come on, we need a church that will initiate something. We need a church in Rhode Island that will initiate something. We need a church that will build on. Why are you here tonight? You are building on. You are putting in some energy. You're putting in, you probably sowed in the offering. You, why am I here? I'm building on. You think God is not going to bless me if I constantly build on? What am I doing? I'm building on. You are building on. You're giving precious time tonight. You did not sit in front of the television. You are here because you feel like I need to be here. I cannot miss what's going to happen tonight. Amen. So now, call the Shinamite woman. And we had, when he had called her, she stood before him. And so here we have a beautiful picture. Now she stands before Elisha. The creative word of God, the prophetic word of God. And uh, she stood there and he said to him, now Elisha's talking to Gehazi. Gehazi's speaking to the woman all the time. And Elisha said to him in verse 13, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? That's the greatest question you can ever dream God to ask you. Now watch this. Elisha now feels an urgency, a responsibility. Do you have time tonight? I'm just thinking of another chapter I'm going to go to. Elisha now feels a responsibility to do something for her. You must make a nuisance of yourself to the point that God will say, I cannot not bless her. Come on. Come on, church. I am one of those guys. God have no option with me. I'm giving him a hard time in a good way. What can I do for you? Now watch what Elisha said. Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king and the commander of the army? 
Now I want you to remember that. Remember the king and remember the commander of the army. Remember that. Do you want me to speak to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered and she said, I dwell amongst my own people. So basically, Elisha is offering her his best connections. He's saying to this church, I can connect you with the king and I can even connect you with the commander of the army. I can connect you to safety. I can connect you to high people and high places. I can bring you into a circle that you cannot get yourself into. Are you interested? And she refused it. Come on. That is a huge test that she just passed. Are you here for connections or are you here for the Holy Ghost? Are you here to meet somebody or are you here for the real thing, the real person, the real power? She, now she said to him, no, sir, I'm not interested in that. Um, so he said, verse 14, now look at this. Elisha's on the bed. He wants to rest. She built the room. He's tired. He wants to rest, but he cannot rest. Because she built on in such a way that he feels a responsibility to bless her. That's good stuff. Amen. So he said, what then is to be done for her? Now Elisha is trying to figure out what can we do for her. And Gehazi answered. Now here comes Gehazi. He's not the prophet. He doesn't think like a prophet. He does not represent the word. He's not the prophet. So watch what he said to Elisha. And Gehazi said to Elisha, actually she has no son. Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. Man, I can preach on that. So what he's actually saying to the prophet, Mr. Prophet, I, I can give you now information. But Mr. Prophet, before you prophesy, let me give you the rest of the story. She has no son, but her husband is a wreck. So what he's saying is, please be careful what you prophesy, because the natural season is against you. There is no natural season that can ever threaten God. There's no sickness that can ever threaten God. He is supernatural. And uh, she said, uh, her husband is old and she has no son. She is a wealthy church, but she has no honor. She's got a lot of money, but she will never touch the nations. Come on, church. And uh, her husband is old. Come on. As if God needs the husband. But the last time I checked, Abraham and Sarah were 1900 years old. I mean, Sarah was 90 years old. She looked like a wreck herself. I mean, she had three teeth and five hair left. Elisha was 100 years old. God said to Sarah, you're going to have a son. She ran into the tent and she laughed a laugh of unbelief. <laughs> God had the last laugh. Come on, church. Everybody in the nursing home died, but Abraham and Sarah could not die. Why? Because God made her 
pregnant beyond her seasons. God is going to mess with somebody's seasons tonight. God is going to change. I'm not talking about natural pregnancy. I'm talking about a different kind of pregnancy. The pregnancy of the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. Sit down. I'm not done. Make sure now he brings me back tomorrow night so I better up my preaching tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give me grace. Actually, she has no son and her husband is old. Verse 15. Elijah doesn't go into a fast. He wants to rest. He doesn't start to pray. Elijah said, call her. Come on, church. Come on. The Holy Ghost is not afraid of your crisis. The Holy Spirit is here to give you honor back. The Holy Spirit is here to make some of you pregnant. Amen. I see some of you want to change seats now and go and sit in the back. The Holy Ghost is all over this place. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. She's now standing on, another translation says, she's standing on the threshold. She's standing on a threshold of the upper room. She's standing on a threshold that she financed herself. She's standing on a threshold that she built herself. She's now standing on a threshold where she's going to hear something that she never had in mind when she said to her husband, let's build an upper room. Are you here for something that you can figure out? Or are you here to hear something you never expected? Come on, church. Let's believe God can answer prayer beyond what we expect. She's standing on the threshold. It's now the second time. Maybe they had because the upper room tells me that there was a lower room. And that tells me there were steps. So, so now she's up the steps for the second time. And here she stands and she probably said on her heart, what's going on? Maybe I should never have built this room because this prophet is now calling me every five minutes back. And I heard they are talking up there. They're having a committee meeting with Gehazi and Gehazi. I heard what Gehazi said. Okay, Gehazi told him that the old man in the bedroom is a wreck. Hallelujah. And I build him an upper room. But you know what? God is about to give her a word for her bedroom. Because God is going to change every room in your house. Amen. I've got one African woman that is on her feet every five minutes. I like that, ma'am. That looks like Africa. Thank you. Sit down. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said to her, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. About this time next year, you will have honor. About next time this year, you will have authority to touch future generations. Come on. God did not save you just to save you. God did not birth this church just to save a few Rhode Islanders.
God has birthed this church so that future generations, amen. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. So that future generations, everybody say future generations. Everybody say future generations. Say we are a church of future generations. Come on, we are, we are, we are a church of future generations. Come on. I feel like prophesying. I need some music. Okay. And then he said, about this time you shall embrace a son. And she said, of course she's going to say something. No, my Lord. No, my Lord. No, my Lord. No, my Lord, don't lie to me. Where is the word holy now? In the beginning she said to her husband, I know that this is a holy man of God. And now that the holy man of God is prophesying to her, but it's not according to what she... Come on, you see, she thought Pentecost is all about goosebumps. She thought if I can just get goosebumps and if I can just get a good feeling and I can get my sweat, sweat towel out and I can jump six feet high because I want the prophet in mind. But she never thought about pregnancy. Church, I'm here to rock your foundations God is going to give you something you did not ask for. But God is going to give you something that you need. Hallelujah. Oh, don't lie to me. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, Mr. Prophet, don't, don't lie. Mr. Prophet, don't. Mr. Prophet, I believe in the supernatural. But Mr. Prophet, no, no, no. Mr. Prophet, did you see my husband? I mean, Mr. Prophet, do you know what the bedroom looked like? Do you know the guy out down there? Mr. Prophet, Mr. Prophet, our season is over. We've missed the seasons for children. When the prophet is in the house, when the creative word of God is in the house, God is going to reverse your season. Come on. Some of you lost some money at a certain time in your life and you never could make that money back. God says, I can reverse your seasons. Oh, now you're excited because I'm talking about money. Okay, all of a sudden, you're, amen, hallelujah, you set up right. The man is now talking about money that I lost. I love that. <laughs> I love it when God messes with your seasons. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, say after me, God, change my seasons. Change my seasons. Church, listen to me. I'm 70 years old. When I was a little boy, I was five years old. I was born premature, seven months. My lungs fell flat because of asthma and bad lungs. And the doctor said to my mother, uh, this boy's going to die. I went to school one year later, and uh, I, was, I, was, I didn't look good. And uh, they said to my mother at one point, we give him six months to live. And uh, if he lives six months, he will be totally blind in both his eyes because it affected my eyesight. My mother said, doctor, it is a fact that he's got asthma. It's a fact that his lungs fell flat. It is a fact that he's going blind. It's a fact that he doesn't look good. But when I was pregnant with him, God said, I will give you a boy and he will go to the nations and he will preach the gospel one day. What am I saying to you? When God changes your seasons, you will have strength at the age of 70 of somebody that is 40 years old. Wow! God changed my seasons. 
turn to somebody that looks down hearted and say to that person, God is messing with your seasons. Absolutely yes. I waited for that. <laughs> Come on church. So God, and God is going to do it again church. There's churches in America that's going to build upper rooms. There's churches in America that's going to make room. There's churches that in America that's going to invite the Holy Ghost in. And when the Holy Ghost comes in, things is going to start to happen. Hallelujah. And he will revive every room in your house. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever watched a movie and it says four months later? Or four years later? Four months later, I'm in the bedroom I can hear. Hallelujah. And I heard a conversation and she said to him, honey, honey, I think they were Americans. That's why she called him honey because in America, everybody's honey. Honey, you will not believe me. I just felt a kick in my stomach. It worked. You say, oh, Pastor Andre, what are you talking about? No, you are so spiritual. You have no clue. Where do you come from? God gave her a son. God restored her honor. We all know that that little boy died. And we all know that she ran back to the prophet and he laid on that little boy. You see, when God gives you a promise, God will have to resurrect the promise. If I give you a promise, then I need to keep the promise alive. So God resurrect the boy. But listen to this. She opened up for a mantle of the Holy Spirit. She opened up for a prophetic ministry walking past our home a true authentic prophet not a prophet that needs a business card to prove that he's a prophet come on we need people who are authentic and they don't need cards to prove who they are so here we have a prophet she's pregnant the child has been resurrected but now we're gonna go to chapter 8 what am I saying to you in chapter 8 this meeting tonight will influence you 20 and 30 years into the future. In 1981, 82, I got prophetic words. Your name will get known in America. You will travel to America. And I will use you in the end time. And many, many things like that. One of the prophetic words was a woman that pulled me out from Kentucky. She was in South Africa. She, she called me out. I was a youth pastor. And she said, come here, young man. And I walked to the front. And she said, you're going to fly and fly and fly. She says, your name will get synonymous with a plane. And you will come home and you will be so exhausted. And then you will fly and fly and fly. Well, I'm flying now for 24 years nonstop. 80 to 100 flights a year. 
I'm almost a double million miler with Delta Airlines and I am tired when I go home. I am tired when I go to the hotel room tonight. So don't bother me because I have a prophetic word that says I will be tired. And I'm sick and tired of planes. I'm sick and tired of hotels. But I don't want to stay in your home either. So leave me in the hotel. So here I am. I'm standing in front of you with a prophetic word that was given to me 41 years ago. And you will speak English, a language that I never spoke in my whole life. So I'm standing in front of you being impacted by a prophetic word that was given to me 41 years ago. And I'm saying to you tonight that I'm going to prove to you now that when you come into an atmosphere like this, you open yourself up for the next 40, 50 years and it will impact your life. Come on, somebody. Give God some good praise. I say give him some good praise. I say give him some good praise. Chapter 8. So now we're in chapter 8. Let's see what's going to happen here. And Elisha. So there is the same prophet again. Spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life. That's the very woman we just spoke about in chapter 4. I didn't go to the resurrection of a son. I don't have time. That's in between. Read chapter 5, 6, and 7. Arise and you... And now watch what he said to her. He says, Arise you and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. Now he gives this woman prophetic insight. He gives her prophetic revelation of what's coming for the next seven years. Why will he go out of his way to give this woman specifically this kind of revelation information? Because he will not forget the upper room that she built for him. You see, what I've done yesterday and the day before will impact my favor with God tomorrow. Come on. Come on. If you host the Holy Ghost, He will host you in the future. And He will protect you in the future. How many of you are grateful that you already have future protection? So the Bible says, and he said, there's a famine coming. So he's giving her information that he's not giving to anybody else. So the woman arose, and she did according to the saying of the men of God. And she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Now she dwells in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Um, rather living amongst a, a, a bunch of Philistines in the perfect will of God than living amongst my own people out of the will of God. So here she is. She's now amongst the Philistines for seven years and it came to pass at the end of seven years so between verse two and three there's seven years Bible says and at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines she went and she make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land now she's gonna go to the king and she want to ask the king back her house and her land but in chapter 4, she refused to meet the king. She said, oh, that's why it's better to rather go for connections because you never know when you will need them. 
No, sir. If I choose the Holy Spirit above connections, uh, the Holy Spirit will make sure that at the right time when I need the connections, I will know the connection and the connection will know me and the connection will do me a lot of favors without even knowing who I am. Because it's not about connections, it's about the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. And the Bible says, and she appealed to the king for a house and for a land. Then the king, now watch this. She's now on her way to the king. But in verse 4, we have the king and Gehazi. Gehazi is the servant of Elisha. So the king and Gehazi is having a nice discussion. It says that, and the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, to you please tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. You see, the king was impressed by Elisha. The, Elisha had favor with the king. That's why Elisha originally said, I can introduce you to the king. But it happened, they would have talked, and verse 5 says, now it happened, as he was telling the king, Gehazi was telling the king, how he had restored the dead to life that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life appealing to the king for a house and for her land you say oh this is just a coincidence that it just came all together no sir in the holy ghost i have future appointments with people that doesn't even know i will come to them for an appointment and the holy spirit has already set it up so that when i show up i will not do a lot of explanation i will just have incredible favor to get back what belongs to me don't get excited don't stand up please don't shout me down it's not that good but it, i know it's no coincidence i don't believe in coincidence can you see the favor of God upon a woman that built on? People say to me, why do you have favor upon your life? Why, where does all the favor come from that you I have built on. I have traveled. I have flown. I have prophesied. Here I am tonight. I want to be home. My wife is in Atlanta. I don't want to be here. But I'm building on because it's a calling. It's a mantle upon my life. And I know that I know that I know that I know that as much as this evening will benefit you, it will benefit me. Come on. I'm somewhere in the future and I'm already blessed in the future. You don't get that. Come on. I'm somewhere in the future and I already have favor that I don't even know I will have when I get there. All I know is that the right people will be there and they will just give it. Okay, thank you, thank you. Just, okay, okay. Okay, so, 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 so. Uh, they were talking uh, and, um, and he was telling him the story. My Lord, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha had restored to life. <laughs> and when the king asked the woman, she told him. She did not say to him, well, by the way, king, I will not tell you this, that a few years back, I had the opportunity to meet you, but I was not really interested in you because I chose the Holy Ghost above you. But now that I'm standing in front of you, it, see, it looks like I have favor with you. Uh, it's, it's because of that upper room thing. Oh, I know, I know, because I knew that Elisha knew you and he wanted to introduce me to you, but I refused you. But now that I need you, I have favor with you anyhow. So I'm so glad I never came to you four years ago, ten years ago. I was just thinking out loud. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed, he appointed a certain officer for her. If it was today, 
He would have given her a special garb with a special hat, a special badge, king's palace, black Cadillac, put her in the back seat with her son, and there they go. Where are they going? The king appointed an officer, and he said to her, to the officer, restore all that was hers, all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left until, until now. So here they go, and they went to the, pr the land, property farm, and here comes the king's officer, and there's a woman sitting in the back seat, and she's got a boy with her, and the officer went to the people that are there and says, sorry guys, I need to serve notice on you. You're living in a house that is not yours. You're living on a land that is not yours. And sorry, man, I know we just came through a famine, but according to the king, here is my badge. I'm the officer of the king. That woman sitting in the back of that black Cadillac, she's the rightful owner of this property. And I know you've worked really hard because the Bible says that you had seven harvests in the seven years that she was not here that tells me that tells me that her land had harvests in a famine that tells me that everybody had a hard time but because she built a room for the prophet and the word of God she had harvests on a famine in a famine she did not even know about and the king said give her the seven oh yes ma'am you've worked for a lady you actually work hard in a famine for another woman you bring in all the harvest sorry it's not yours it's that woman what who is she ma'am I don't know all I know I heard about her and I heard that she has a connection with a prophet she has a connection with the word of God and she built him a room and all I know is that because of what happened years ago she building him a room she's got a kind of a favor that I've never seen in my whole life hallelujah I have favor with God come on and she got all her harvest and her land and her home back I know this is. I know this is a holy man of God. She discerned a moment. She discerned a moment in time. It was a Kairos moment that passed by. And she said to her husband, we cannot afford to let this pass by. What she actually said is, if we peel on, something is going to stick in our home that will not come into this home well, by, with a pass by. She discerned a moment. There's times in my life that I have discerned. I know that I know that I know that I know that God has spoken to me. <sighs> what am I saying to you tonight? You came to the Sunday night service. You say, oh, Pastor Andre, why did you not preach this this morning? No, it's for Sunday night. For those who discern, I cannot do pass by. I need to do more than pass by. I need to bring a bed. I need the Holy Ghost to come to rest in my life. Church, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have promises. And sometimes it looks like my promises is dead. But because my promises come from God, I have dead promises that will be resurrected. 
Because I don't carry human promises with me. I have godly promises. And here I am. Here I am. Come on church. By the grace of God I'm prophesying to you. By the grace of God I'm preaching to you. I should have been dead when I was five years old. I should have been dead. But I'm 65 years on the other side of my own deathbed. Why? Because my mother knew when God speaks. And because of a mother that could discern, she said to the doctor, she says, doctor, it's a fact, but let me help you, doctor. He will not die six months from now. And this is what she said to the doctor those days. She said, one day he will go to the nations and he will preach the gospel. She's now with the Lord. I, th I think she's hanging over the balcony and I think she's talking to my dad and I think she's telling my dad, hey, 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 dad, dad, he's talking about us. I don't know. That's just my imagination. I know some of you look at me like, who is this guy? I'm normal. It's the church that has become abnormal. Don't look at me like I'm abnormal. I'm not abnormal. I'm normal. This is what normality looks like. Come on. When you're under the mantle of the Holy Ghost, you are normal. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, your praises is normal. Your worship is normal. Sunday night service is normal. Monday night service is normal. Tuesday night service, we, oh, come on church. Hallelujah. How many of you say tonight, I know, I know, I know that God has given me tonight as a moment and if I discern right, this can take me many years into the future. And I will not die before my time. I will not die before my time. How many of you know that I have the most beautiful eyes in this whole room? I was supposed to be blind. Amen. If you don't compliment my eyes, I will. I look pretty good for seven. If you don't compliment me, I will. Because I'm looking good. Because God interfered in my life. God interfered with my lungs. God changed my eyes. God healed me miraculously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm somewhere in the future. And I have unprecedented favor. Yeah. Is that all you can do? Yes, 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 yes. Do a little bit more than yes. Give a little bit more. Come on, church. Come on, church. Give, give, come on, church. Can I get the keyboards? Can I get the keyboards? Come on. Come on, church. Come on. You have unprecedented favor. You have favor. You have favor. Tonight will give you favor. Tonight will give you favor and will secure your future. Pray this prayer. Say, with this anointing, only God knows how miraculous my future will be. Say, I will have Harvests in famine. 
I'm building on, I'm building on. I'm building on, I'm building on. I don't need to preach this way. I don't need to preach this strong. I could have made it more low-key tonight. But when I go like this, the Holy Ghost is saying to me, you're building on, son, you're building on. You're doing it for me, son. You're doing it for me. I said, yes, Lord, I'm doing it for you. And the Lord says, son, the more you do this, the more I will extend your life. If you believe this could transform your future, not only tonight, not only your life, your future. Come on. If you believe this can bring back lost seasons. Come to the altar and say, I believe. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, church. I cannot build on for you. I cannot praise for you. I cannot worship for you. I can only worship for myself. <laughs> Do you believe that the atmosphere tonight carry in it something that'll give you something so huge that you will ultimately first, when you hear it, think it's a lie. The reason she called Elisha, don't lie, is because in her wildest dreams, that was not what she expected. What do you expect? Do you expect that something that makes sense? Or do you expect something for which you believed your season is gone? Come on. Lord, I thank you that the seasons for America is not over. I thank you that the seasons for this nation is not over. I thank you, God, that you're going to reverse the seasons in America. I thank you, God, the days of Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagan and all those great men of God, Shambach, all those great seasons that America had is over. No, no, no. The Lord says, I will reverse the seasons and I will give America favor. Come on, church. And I pray and I speak prophetically over every man and woman here tonight. And I say, He's reversing your seasons. He's reversing your seasons. Hallelujah. He's reviving you in the upper room, but He will restore your bedroom. He will restore your kitchen. He will restore every room in your building if you are filled with the Holy Spirit you better you better worship in tongues now come on if you are filled with the Holy Spirit you better worship in tongues now your future, your future, your future, your future. No famine can steal it. No man can keep your future. 
Hallelujah. Your hands, you have favor, you have favor. Come on, keep on building on, building, building, building an upper room, building through worship. How do we build an upper room? We build him an upper room by worshiping him. We're building an upper room by praising Him. Oh, when you lift your hand, you're building, you're building, you're building. Lord, I pray, come tonight. Come into Victory Church. Come into a Victory Assembly. Come into a Victory Assembly. Lord, Rhode Island needs an upper room. Rhode Island needs an upper room. And Lord, you can give it. You can give it to Providence. You can give it to the city called Providence. God wants to find a church that will say, you give me a bed and I will come to rest. You give me a bed and I will come to rest. You give me a bed and I will restore your seasons. You give me a bed and I will bring healing. Come on. I will give back your honor. I will give back your dignity. I will restore. I will restore. I am the Lord. I am the Word of God. I am creative. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I can influence you into the future 40, 50 years. Hallelujah. 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 Take it. It's yours. Take it. It's yours. Why did you come to a Sunday night service? Who told you to come to the Sunday night service? What made you come to the Sunday night service? It's not the pastor that invited you. It's the Holy Spirit that prompted you. It's the Holy Spirit that said to you, get in your car and go to church on a Sunday night. It's the Holy Ghost that made you come here tonight. Why? Because you discerned. You discerned tonight could just be a moment in time. Tonight can be one of those Sunday night services that can revolutionize my whole future. And you have come to the right meeting. You have come to the right meeting. Father, I decree pregnancies. I decree financial breakthroughs. I decree healings. Lord, I decree tonight that honor will be restored. I pray tonight, God, that you will visit this church and that you will touch people, that you will touch people in every aspect of your life, in every aspect of your life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. 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 You take it. You take it. I cannot build on for you. Hallelujah. I'm building my own. Hallelujah. Go. Let the lamp of revelation knowledge shine in your room tonight. Let the bed of peace become your property. When you sit in the chair at the table, you, you are a person of authority, speaks of authority. Come on, come on, come on. God is restoring people. God is healing people. God is delivering people. And God is setting you up for a great future. Great future. Great future. And come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart. Down. When you feel the room. 